Spoiler alert, when this podcast talks about the books of his Dark Materials, it does so in the context of the most recent book. And when it talks about the television show on the BBC and HBO, it does so in the context of the most recent episode. You've been warned. Part of Double P Media, doublepmedia.com. Here we go. Welcome to the dust, the podcast. Once again, we are talking about the finale, season three, episode eight, The Botanical Garden, written again by Francesca Gardner, this time directed by Harry Woodliffe. What about my ratings and your ratings for episode eight? You first or me? I'll go first again. Um, I went ahead and did the same, but still pretty high ranking for me. Again, a 9.5 out of 10 triple D's. Triple D's? Discovery, drawing, dust. Um, Mm. I just, this was a very good episode. Um, Heartbreaking. Um, We kind of hinted at what was happening in this episode, going back to season two with the bench. Um, So we've been dreading this moment for a long time but i really think it was very good for the series to take a moment and slow down and let the emotions uh, and like let let us feel let the characters feel uh in process everything that they had just gone through and um and i i really appreciated that it was just a slow kind of feeling episode and yeah, I definitely spend the last 20 minutes on my first watch just crying um not as I mean, I'm I'm sad crying. It wasn't as devastating as episode four, but um, but I still yeah spent a large chunk of this episode in tears. And um, uh, but I think I think they landed it. I really do. Um, I think it was a really great ending. I think um the uh the kids Daphne and Amir um they 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 nailed it. They knocked it out of the park. Uh, they this whole episode really rested on their shoulders, and they they carried it through um i i believed i believed their feelings their i think their acting was phenomenal well i am uh once again as i spoiled before i'm giving this one a 10 i think only catfish has surpassed me in the number of uh double doubles that i'm gonna <laughs> give here uh he often will come up with like seven or something like that but i'm giving it uh 10 quintuple s's quintuple s's that's a lot yeah sensational serpent stories and shattering separations yeah nailed it uh (laughs) that's like it's just an amazing i wish we had a a game called five words instead of uh, three (laughs) words because that's what i would have used uh well it'd have to be six words i guess if i included the and but nonetheless uh i didn't mind going through the pain of all of this uh and it probably was really weighted in the fact that uh, I am just amazed at the difference in Daphne Keene's acting between you think about the first couple episodes of the first season and now, and she was great in like Logan and everything when she was even younger than that. But to be able to, like you mentioned, the, the way that these kids pulled this off, to be able to just, depict something that will make an adult bring an adult to their knees and the kind of i don't know that i don't know what actors do how they learn these techniques to make their faces look a certain way or whatever i'm completely oblivious to that 
I know that our boss Bubba is often accused of having of doing great eye work, but I don't know what that means. All I know is that Daphne Keene just really surprised me and it made me feel it a lot more than I think I probably would have, uh, especially if it she'd have been this had been, you know, filmed a, a year before uh with uh, the COVID. I think they kind of almost took uh, half a year or, or a year off and somewhere in there she just really grew and it really sold it and i loved the serpent story i think that you know all this time with mary uh those of us who have read the books we've been really invested in it but i kind of wonder if a person who is just experiencing this on tv would go well, what's so great about her other than she's just this really neat person. And, and, you know, and they really built her per character this entire season to where this story just really paid off. It was beautifully told. It was beautifully scored. Um, I, it's a whole sequence that I wish you could nominate a, a sequence or a scene for Academy Awards or for BAFTAs or whatever. I don't know if you can or not, but that whole sequence to me was just pure art and pure emotion and i loved every aspect of it it's inclusiveness uh it's everything about it was just amazing to me and that probably would have brought it up to a 10 even if the rest of it had failed for me where did it land holly where did it land it landed on the fall mm, mm. the fall sounds so nefarious really it's not it's actually the most beautiful thing it restored dust to the world those poor kids <laughs> i'll tell you what it fell it fell their hearts down into their stomachs after they found out that it didn't you know they couldn't be together that's what it did it was awful um it, it was cute to see their their love finally being expressed i loved the whole innocent kind of glancing at each other when they thought the other one wasn't looking throughout most of the episode, but then especially right there at before the kiss, I thought that that was fantastic. Um, the love theme for Lauren is, that Lauren did is fantastic for them. Uh, it had been present through a lot, even in the prior episode, it had been at the end of the prior episode as well. But at any rate, uh, any thoughts about uh, the way the garden of Eden was done, Holly? Um, yeah, I, it's just, what a great world to like set this, like it, it's, you know, the most beautiful, like objectively beautiful world that we get to see, uh, does feel like a paradise. It does feel like, um, a garden of Eden, um, with, even with these strange elephant creatures rolling around on seed pods, um, just, I love I loved every bit of it, even from like the opening to, you know, the episode, just Lyra, like their sleep. And then Lyra wakes up, goes for a swim and Will comes and joins her. You could just kind of see you can see the tension building like from the jump, you know, like everything that they've been working for is finally done. They can finally relax a little bit and um you know they have to process their feelings. Uh, but they are also like Will for the first time is happy you know like we've will has been a sad kid since we met him and when he's not sad he's been determined because he has a job to do and now that that's done he he's cracking jokes and like you know teasing lyra and like it's, it's really cute um 
So yeah, I loved I love these little moments of building up, you know, to them to this to the kiss. So uh, they've done all of these things. They have they have crossed over worlds. They have fought specters. They have fought the magisterium. They have done all they have gone to the land of the dead but it it was it was none of that it was all of that was leading up to a kiss um to kind of make everything happen and of course you know we need to we need mary malone's story to kind of help them along um which i thought was really great too um but i really think they did a great job of just capturing what being that young and like experiencing like first crush first love i think they they really hit that well um and yeah. you know there's really not you don't there's not a time like what a, being young and feeling that for the first time everybody everybody remembers what that feels like um so yeah i think they did a really great job of translating that to the screen it didn't feel really weird and even like you know these are kind of considered young adult novels but um and this is like a very young adult you know coming of age moment but it's still really beautiful to see and beautiful to read and um it doesn't feel like it's it's not just for that audience even though that's it's a it's a you know a young audience trope and kind of directed towards them but it does feel like it's for everybody and even you know old older folks like me can still you know relate to those feelings and and to, so for them to find this love and then have to experience the hurt immediately after like yeah. man i think these kids after all the stuff they went through and all the growing up they've done to get to this point i think they grew up more in this short period of time they're here in this world before they have to go home than they than they did throughout the whole entire series and it's a lot it's it's a lot there's a lot of feelings a lot of emotions happening there's a couple of things um that a rewatch i think really serves the actual kiss a lot better uh than a first viewing and that is once or even by the time you get to the end of the episode then it puts it into better context one of the things is when Mary's actually talking to them before the the, the serpent story, before the double S, she uh, she talks about how Atal had told her that it, there needs you know that the dust needs to be recreated and it's because of creativity and all of these other things that that help draw dust in, mm -hmm. and uh, she says a great discovery. And then the context of Zephania saying, you know, uh, a discovery of love for the first time is never a small thing. As Mary Malone, you know, it's kind of like, well, so that's just kind of ordinary. And she's like, no, it's not for these two. And so that the fact that it was it was the first time and it, it just made it all so beautiful. Uh, that helps put the whole kiss into a lot better context, I think. Um, and, and not that it was poorly executed and it, that, that's not what I'm implying. I'm just saying that you have to take all of the things that are happening outside from both sides, mm -hmm. uh, the before and after, uh, that help really sell it. Um, and some other things that just makes it like it's brand new, uh, that conversation that they, while they were in the water where she says about Mary Malone and, and Lyra basically says, well, what do you think of Mary Malone? And he's, she's great. She knows everything. Yeah. What about, uh, dust? 
and trees. And then as she's walking away, he's sitting there chiding himself, dust, trees, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, he's telling himself, go, that's slick move, Will, slick move. I love that. It that was, was fantastic. Great. Yeah. It was so great. We can all relate to that awkwardness too, of like being around somebody we like and like, oh God, did I just sound so stupid? Like, I, I mean- I still experience that, um, that that won't maybe ever go away, even after yeah. your first love, second love, third love, you might you might still run into that. Um, so if you need something to look forward to, kids, when you get older, you can still experience that for sure. What does it say, Holly? Oh, demon reunions and double F's. Double F's. Final forms. Oh, oh. So okay. And they get to talk about the demons. So, uh, Pan is still. It, you talked about it, and for as far as the last episode about how short Pan was with with Lyra when they did see each other, then um, taking it full on out this time around, like saying, "Yeah, I got to be close enough to you to to kind of feel you, but I'm not going to let you know I'm here." You know, uh, or I'm not going to be, I'm not going to re reunite with it, which Serafina even calls out. She's like, you know, why are you punishing uh, Lyra and Will? And um, because he's hurt. I mean, like, I get it. I told, like, I mean, I'm not excusing it really, but I completely understand what Pan's experiencing and, and what, and, and, and yes. And that's this feeling where, He's punishing her to make himself feel better for like what she did to him. I totally get it. Um, so this is very different in the books. This is they have a very much a happier reunion in the books. But I really like this choice. Um, I like that Pan is holding her accountable. Um, it reminds me of the best part of Asriel, which is still still Maria um, always held Asriel accountable, accountable too. Um, so I like that Pan is kind of doing a, a similar thing here where she, he's not gonna, he's not gonna take it, you know? Um, and then they, you know, they have it out a little bit and they finally do get to like embrace and ah, it's so sweet. And now that they've had the kiss, um, they're not, they're not changing anymore. That was, that was the moment that they, uh, that the, the dust settled and the demons settled. Um, and Pan is going to forever be a Pine Martin. Pan is forever in his form that he will be in for the rest of any of Lyra's stories. The other thing that I found funny was is that, uh, and I just love this, the whole, the whole will Kiava become a, although he didn't even know Kiava's name at the time, but uh, will she become a mosquito or a slug or a fish in her final form? And that was a nice little tribute to the books because in the books, there is a story of a sailor, right? Who says mm -hmm. that he has to stay at sea all the time because his, uh, because his demon is a dolphin. Mm -hmm. So uh, I love that uh, this isn't uh, this isn't Lyra lying like the Lyra of season one. This is a, a true story that she's uh, heard of. Uh, when you read the book. So I love the little inclusion of that. That was very funny uh, and great. And just just the whole idea of the fact that we always had heard in season one, all of these kids saying, I want my demon to be a blah, blah, blah in his final form and whatever. And uh, now we get to see what actually happens. And I love Will, who now knows that he has a demon, uh, is... Uh, wondering the same thing he's just like a little kid there for a moment so that was great for me 
Yeah, I like that. Um, also really notable of uh, what we our big takeaway from season one is you don't touch another person's demon, but they come back um, after they come back to them and they're reunited and the, you know, Pan and Lyra have it out and they embrace and then Will and Kiriava kind of like start to become acquainted. The very next thing that happens and nobody bats an eye at it is that they pet each other's demons. And it's like, it's like, oh, it was something that was so forbidden before. Right. It's like this is when well and even okay. in even yeah even in this story you know think of uh father Mc, father president mcphail wanting yep. to touch mrs coulter's demon it, 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 it's very much a convention in lyra's world that that's not supposed to happen in season two didn't will accidentally touch pan or something like that i think he was going to and he and they were like no you don't do that you know like he, it, it was i don't know if he like he went to pet him and they were like what are you doing like you know that, that you don't do that That's yeah I, I remember it made lyra feel weird right? yeah yeah so. yeah but but they've you know through this trauma they've been through together and and they're now their their bond and their closeness um and this newfound intimacy they have they um didn't even think twice about it and it felt natural and okay and it and it is and that's the that's the point like you don't know that when you're until you you know you know like it's part of those things like you're kind of growing up when you read the book because you're like oh this is you're not supposed to do this but then when you do when it finally does happen you understand why it can be okay or it is okay in certain situations and what it actually means and it's not it's not like a taboo it's um it's just intimacy you know um Mm. i thought that was really touching um that they that they had that moment excellent uh, now see, oh. I know that you said you thought that in the, uh, in the books, it was a little more of a joyful reunion and all of that. The thing that I was just a little disturbed by, and pardon me for being nitpicky, but it was like all this time Pan had been holding all this out. And then of course, uh, Serafina talks to him and he still, I guess he has to tell her what he was feeling. But then all of a sudden, it just seems like everything's just okay again, all of a sudden, um, when he jumps into her arms. And I understand that there was a need to to have this story be happy, but it just felt a little bit too much of a quick change to me. I I actually appreciate that they... Like I like I said before that I like that Pan is making her pay and punishing her and he's not letting her off the hook, you know, for what she did. Um, and I think they conveyed that well. But I also think maybe they just kind of got to this point where, you know, he maybe he was done punishing her, you know, uh, and okay. he she did apologize, you know, like. It, and it was after she apologized that he finally like, OK, and. And as we will maybe talk about in a little bit, like maybe he's not finished making her pay either. So, yeah, that's probably true as well. But, uh, and, and the other thing was Seraphina told them that like, hey, y'all, I, I wonder if they know, like if the demons maybe know, I guess maybe they maybe they don't. But like with Seraphina, the other thing that Seraphina gets them kind of gets them going back to them is she says they're going to they're going to need you now more than ever um like soon yeah. so That's maybe it, it was just time you know okay hmm. anything else on this on this stuff um 
just uh we've seen pan in a bunch of cute really really cute forms and i think i'm sure a lot of people out there are going to be really sad that he didn't settle as red red panda um or even little white ermine panda which um when i think of pan i usually think like from just from pan from the show i usually think of his little white ermine form because i don't know there's something really cute about that one and he was i guess he was that form a lot um I like that we saw a lot more of the Pine Martin and it's uh, notable when when they're leaving the shore. I don't think I said this when we were in episode four, um, probably because I didn't want to draw too much attention to it. But when she's leaving him on the shore at the land of the dead, he is in his Pine Martin form, like, you know, at the at, at the edge of the dock, like reaching out to her. So I just I just thought it was interesting that um maybe even then in his most vulnerable moment, like he, he took the form that he was ultimately going to end up being. Mm. I don't know. I don't know what that, I don't know what I'm saying there. I just thought it was interesting um, that that was the form he was. Yeah. Because I don't think we had seen the Pine Martin form at all before they were on that dock. I think we have just not very much because I'm pretty sure we, we peak. I think it's like back in season one though, like maybe around Jordan college a little bit. Like it, it wasn't often, um but he has been in that form before okay all right because it would have been weird for him to just suddenly take a form that we had never seen him in before either that's true although i wouldn't i i I don't know if that would have been one of my nitpicks even if it had been that way but uh, i i actually like the pine martin martin form too i think it's i think it's really cute and i think it, it was effective in that scene from episode four and watching him whimper and cry stretched out like trying to reach for her uh that moment i think that made that moment more emotional for me during that scene because i knew he was in his form it, it just kind of added to to the the sadness of it all for me but i think it's really cute i i like that Kariava is is the cat and it it's just like his uh I don't remember what Moxie looked like now, but the cat that, you know, his cat from the other world and the one he followed through the window. I just I just love that, you know, Will's yeah. demon is a cat. And I love that they don't talk about it much here either, but because they went through the land of the dead and they are separated, they can now be far from their demons like witches. Well, we, they talk about it in the episode. That's right. Um, So they're still whole. They can be far apart, not like regular people. They're kind of like witches with their demons. So I think it's really great that if Will has to be stuck in his own world without Lyra, he at least has his demon with him. And but it's also not a he's going to go off to become a surgeon. He he would not be able to bring a cat into the operating room. But like, thankfully, they're separated so she can just like take naps at home while he's doing surgery and, and not be any weirder. But she's still there to like come home and talk to at the end of the day. What's going to happen when somebody who is like. 10 years younger than will notices that he's had the same cat for 70 years when he gets old he'll just say i cloned it or something <laughs> they have that they have that that science now i think i think people are cloning pets now so you know no, i don't like that yeah <laughs> i'm just saying there's he can make an excuse okay or he'll yeah. just have to move every yeah. 15 years or so <laughs> <laughs> i was a surgeon at in chicago and then i was a surgeon in india and then i was a surgeon in japan and doctors without borders you know who knows well there you go all right that's good enough for me this says the double s double uh, s yeah serpent story Ah. Uh. 
So I, for me, and one of the reasons why I put this on the on the wheel was because to me, uh, this was one of the things that made the episode just perfect for me. I loved Lauren's score for this. I love just, well, Simone Kirby's performance of it, uh, both in what we were seeing and just in her telling of the story was just so immaculate. I would have, I felt like I was in that story with her and it was very cool to see the way that it uh, was changed a little bit from the books and shown really to kind of give the meaning behind love whereas you know all all up until the time even in the books you you kind of have this idea if you're reading this as an adult the serpent story oh adam and eve oh you know and kind of the whole kind of i don't know christian way of looking at that story as being a source for catholicism and and any other type of christianity kind of being a source of shame mm-hmm. and how this this temptation by this serpent to this adam and eve is very much um an introduction that flips that whole notion on its head that this this discovery of love is more important than anything else um i i love that whole idea so for me this was the perfect moment in the episode i i I know there's a lot of heartbreak moments in this episode but uh this one was the one that actually uh, moved me the most is so uh what did you think about the way that it was interpreted the way that it was conveyed all of that stuff i thought was great um uh, such a small like she even from mary's perspective it's such a small thing like she all she did was travel worlds and then tell a story in in a different world but she told the right story at the right time for these for these kids to so they can kind of process and understand their feelings and their emotions and um it's such a simple story but it does so much. Um, and it also is uh, why Mary had kind of left become being a nun was like something we haven't really dove deep into or didn't really understand the why. So we kind of like get to complete the circle on that story on the Mary Malone story and like what, you know, how she got here where, you know, from being a nun. Um, and I, respect the heck out of her for making that decision um i am a person who usually will follow my heart and if my heart is telling me to you know over my head and and i feel like she did the same thing she experienced a moment that changed her so profoundly that she gave up everything she knew um and you know in in a world she knew and uh and and a religion that she followed and, you know, a doctrine, uh, like rules, her, her whole way of life changed in, in a moment. Um, and I think she made the right choice based on, based on what happened with her. And I think, you know, that's okay. Um, that's great. I, I love this. Um, and as far as the story itself, it's, there is a little bit of a change in the book. It's 
it's a man, it's not a woman, but I think that's another um, adaptive change that has only really updated this series um, and, and make it, made it more relevant. And it's weird because I didn't really see this story as, I, I saw it, you know, for what it was reading it, like, it's great. I, you know, I saw all those messages then and I understood it and it's definitely shaped some of my beliefs today, but the way it was adapted and even just the small subtle changes um, to just, it just makes it feel even more inclusive than it ever did in ways I never would have thought about before. Um, and I think that's, that's great that this series can now reach even more people going through completely maybe different situations than what our heroes are going through and and be able to relate to it and i think i think that's wonderful um so even just a small change like that changing you know the the man to the the woman uh being the one that tempted mary out of her way of life i think is is great just the fact that it's it's this overall expression that it's not the act of kissing that creates the dust it's the act of love. Right. And that that is what I, I found so beautiful about um, them flipping the script on that. And so uh, that really hit home for me in terms of, you know, it's like, cool. <laughs> that's that that's the one place I didn't expect anything to change. And I it's the one place that really changed my whole view on the whole thing in terms of you know what draws the dust it's the discovery of love it's not the kiss it's not right. whatever else uh that the bible says or it's it not the, you know the physical act itself it's the yeah it, yeah it, it's the emotion behind it uh the discovery of the emotion behind it i suppose so i i love that anything else on the double s oh, just just beautiful just beautiful mary malone love her she did great oh the part just i i shouted um she's kind of before she tells the story and she's kind of like teasing them a little bit and and atal goes tell them stories mary i was like i screamed i was like oh my god yeah because yeah. uh, like uh those would have been my three words from the last episode too uh that i was not on was tell them stories that is that is a phrase that i i carry with me from the series um and I, 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 when I die, I'll be ready with my stories for wherever I go, like just in case, you know, I need them. Um, yeah. And I love that Atal, Atal got to echo that. Um, and I, I just, I just thought that was wonderful. Father Gomez's gumption, the double G, and Bathamos's demon side. So the one thing that I feel like between the last episode and this episode was, you know, the real threat to all of civilization to me is not Metatron, is not Enoch. This guy right here, Father Gomez, he's the real threat because, okay, maybe a dual threat, but because Metatron's trying to get rid of the dust and creates the abyss and whatever. Uh, but Father Gomez, can prevent the creation of new dust or the drawing of dust uh, by taking out Lyra. So to me, I love the fact that it was that 
his importance is implied. What I didn't like was the fact that it wasn't really demonstrated to me. I mean, all he did was creep around. He shot a zebra or whatever the equivalent of a zebra is in Mulefa world. And um, then Bathalmos got to him uh, just in the nick of time, as you would expect Bathalmos to do. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't, uh, because, you know, Bathalmos never does. He was on a different path. We finally found out what that different path was. Uh, but nonetheless, it just, it felt like um, the tragedy of everything that was happening to the kids by the end of all of this uh, was enough of, of a menace or got played as the bigger menace than the fact. And to the kids, they are, of course, because they're unaware of Father Gomez. But uh, to me, Father Gomez was the, the, the last and probably potentially most dangerous baddie of the whole story. And it didn't feel like it came across that way to me. Yeah, for me either. But I always just chalk that up to I, I know he's not going to make it. So I'm not even like really worried about him like at all, even though he's, you know, like non-book readers would be worried. So uh, I didn't have a lot of thoughts about it i guess because i just i was just like oh whatever he's just gonna get god anyway so he's he's not gonna be successful it's gonna be okay so i wasn't scared so this is where i guess a non-book reader perspective would be really helpful to see how they interpreted it um and i don't have that right now i don't um have any of my non-book reader friends have not caught up on the show yet so i i, I don't know their perspective um yeah um i i do like both almost coming back though and and doing the thing um he 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 manned up and yeah i don't fully understand how because he killed a demon that also killed him i i don't understand how that works and it's just one of those things where okay it happened and it's it's angel code or something eh, yeah he's gonna dust can't beat dust without destroying dust self i don't know but he gets to go and be with baruch um so he gets his happy ending and he saves the world so yeah 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 the the, the whole bathamos arc in in the extreme of things uh in terms of the story the tv story feels just weird and random and uh kind of i i love the way they set up that an angel was following father gomez throughout the whole episode that was great mm -hmm. but the fact that it was bathamos is like okay well we got to give this guy something to do at the end <laughs> to <laughs> uh, to justify why he was around in the first place and it it just that that whole storyline was a little bit uh, was probably the only part that was kind of disappointing to me overall with father gomez and bathamos it's because bathamos if you really want to sell bathamos the way he was in the books and he's got to be a lot more petulant a lot more whiny uh and and there was none of that and and then the with him and baroque and then uh when he when he flies away okay well and maybe that's within bathamos character but then he comes back and he says no 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 uh, i've been here the whole time i just been watching from afar oh wait uh yeah i've got something else to do bye and then it turns out that this is his something else to do um you know five episodes later so that that didn't really work for me that's probably the only thing about this whole last two episodes that just totally just kind of left me a little flat 
Yeah, and kind of going back to what we said earlier, maybe like having two more episodes, um, and you know, like maybe a little check-in time with with uh, both almost. Um, that that could have maybe served that a little bit better. So it is what it is, though. I you know, in in the grand scheme of things, it's it, it wasn't one of the things I was like looking forward to in this last episode. Yeah. I was looking for all the all the feels and the hurt, and I and I got that. So um, in that yeah. way, it really wasn't much of a disappointment. But but I but yeah, it is a little a little a little clunky. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and. Yeah, it's not that much. Obviously, I still gave it a ten. Of course, you know my lowest is a seven, so it's <laughs> hard to it's hard to take points away from me. Nonetheless, it 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 did. It was the one little kind of dull spot in an otherwise very shiny couple of episodes for me. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, for somebody who gave these perfect scores, I've complained a lot. I'll try not <laughs> to do so. Let's spin the wheel. Oh, the triple M. The Marvelous, Triple M. Marvelous Mary Malone. Oh, okay. Marvelous Mary Malone. We've already talked about her a lot, but there's just a couple other things to mention, like, you know, her goodbye with the the Malefa and getting the thanks from Zephania, uh, getting to see her demon at the end, um, being there for Will to get back, you know, to get back to his mom. Mm -hmm. um all of these wonderful qualities about mary malone that she's always had uh you even you think about the hug with with lyra when lyra and will first see when i guess it's a tall that brings mm -hmm. uh lyra and will to mary just all of those things uh just demonstrate what a great character mary malone is and of course we've already talked about the, the story that she tells but I I loved everything that Simone Kirby uh, did with this. I loved the way that Lauren used uh, her theme so creatively this season. Uh, there there was so much cool stuff about Mary, and I just wanted to make sure that those got listed. Uh, I don't know how you feel about any of those things or how you feel about Mary in general. You may have already discussed that, but if you have anything to, else to add about Mary Malone, uh, please feel free. Yeah, um, man, oh, I I love this show. That this show has the best women characters. Uh, Mary Malone being one, <laughs> Mrs. Coulter being another. And then you got Serafina Pecola. Like so many just badass women in their own special way. Uh, they're all completely different from each other, but they're also also awesome. Um, and Mary is no exception at all. Yeah, like I was back to with, with just a couple more episodes. I could have done six hours of just Mary Malone with the Mulefa. Um, I think they did do a really good job of translating her time spent there. And and by the end, just you can see how close her and Atal are like at like like their besties, you know, like they they truly love each other and and care for each other and help each other and teach each other. And what a beautiful friendship uh, that she found um, with this this creature that's not a human, but is has um, consciousness uh, just just like us. Um, it's it's just so great. Um, and the lessons that she learned, and I really love when she's talking about what Atal has taught her and uh, the the lessons that she learned, like, um, like, oh, how to 
treat the trees with respect and and you're like how do you do that it's like oh you don't act like you're better than it i'm like because there's just some really great great lessons um from mary malone um um again i like you said i'm also glad that she will has her to go back to uh you know to go back with in in his world um i also love the way that they set up that relationship or the possibility of that relationship as her being kind of a second mother or a, a older sister to will uh when they find out that they're going to have to separate and lyra goes to seraphina because she doesn't understand what's going on with the alethiometer mm -hmm. but uh the advice that she gives the, the advice that mary gives will when when they're talking about you know the the the, the greater thing is to live for love not to die yeah. for love um all kinds of philosophical lessons from mary malone so, so many like the whole show period like has so many philosophical lessons and uh like i said earlier like it the series the book series has definitely shaped the way i view the world and and my own spirituality and and how like i live my life and um i think i think they nailed it with the adaptation um on the whole and i think especially with mary and um, in the books, they do kind of delve more into that because we know Will's mom is not okay and, um, you know, like realistically is not in a position to really care for Will. But um, Mary, in, in this in the Steps books, I think Mary helps, offers, yeah. like, she's like, look, I'll be like your guardian. Like, I, you and your mom can come, like, stay with me. And it's really nice that Will has her, that like somebody in his world that he can talk to about what he experienced and understands like what he went through and and they have they have that bond because they went through some similar things together um and then lyra is just a lot more alone because everybody that was i mean we have yorick um but like other than that we we don't see a lot um another difference from the book that we don't get in the show is um at the end they had to do when they're trying to get back to their world, they had to do a lot more traveling and they get on a boat uh, to go where they need to go to cut through to the world's in the right place. And on the boat is Ma Costa and Fartacorum and like, and right. the Egyptian, like the Egyptians come bring their boats to like get them where they need to go. And I, I kind of wish we would have gotten that um, a little bit too. It maybe had been weird after two seasons of not seeing them to bring them back. Um, again, if maybe with two episodes, we could have like worked our way there a little bit more, but I digress. Um, kind of jumping to the end here, but like, I, I felt more sad for Lyra because she had a lot less of those people in her life left after returning home than Will does. I mean, Serafina, she's got Serafina, she's got Yorick, but like they, you know, are doing their own things in their own parts of the world and they're busy, you know, they're like, they're not like other humans, like, like Lyra. Um, so I, I'm happy for Will, but it just makes me sad for Lyra that we don't, she doesn't have like a Fartacorum or a Malacosta to, um, to kind of lean on and be there for her since both right. of her parents are gone. I, I did love her seeing her demon. Yes. Uh, oh, I me did, too. Didn't think much of her demon. Uh, her demon looked very computery to me, 
But, yeah, he looked very demon-y. Like when they in the books and they say you can tell the difference between a demon and an animal, like this was the first time in the show really telegraphed that. Like, yeah, that is a demon and not like an actual bird. Right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely looked different. So uh that's not wasn't a complaint, just an observation, I mm-hmm. suppose. And uh the fact that she can do that in that way, um I just think about the way that uh, she was able to talk to the to Zephania for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's cool. I, I don't think that would work for me. And if I did, I probably wouldn't like the what my demon looked like anyway. <laughs> so <laughs> it'd probably be a gnarled up bat. What would your demon be again? Oh, I don't know. I don't know if I've ever said. No. I think okay. a bat would be cool, though. I would take a bat. You would like a I bat? Would a, I would take a rat. You would take anything. You're just an animal lover. This is true. Yeah. All right. Let's spin a wheel. Oh, Seraphina's shattering separation statements. That was a quadruple S. That is a quadruple S. Wow. That's excellent. So the only two things that I wanted to kind of bring up here were the fact that, you know, here are these magical mentors that's a double m that have to they're the ones that always have to bring bring the bad news right Mm uh so it's terrible that that here it is you're you're the person who has believed in this prophecy the whole time that you've understood its importance and everything uh and everything's so happy and then you have to break these two kids hearts how horrible is that Uh, that's a that's a tough job for seraphina and for Zephania really so because uh, she has to break Mary Malone's heart too um, so it's that's tough I did like Seraphina's mission uh, with the demons that they placed an emphasis on the fact that I guess she is a witch uh, and able to go between worlds and um, is able to send her demon far away so that they find so that uh is it kaisa is that her mm-hmm. demon's name could yeah. find pan and and kirava in the first time the fact that she gave kira kirava her name all of this kind of stuff is is really cool but at the same time she also has to be the one to tell lyra you know, hey, guess what? No, the alethiometer is not going to work for you anymore. You can learn how to use it again, but no, it's not going to work for you anymore. All poor Seraphina's got a crappy job. I'd say the other, I'd say the other word, but I can't on this podcast. Yeah, it's just everything was going so well, and then the shoes just start falling, dropping out of the sky and smacking them over the head. And it's like, first we need to close all the windows, uh, guys, you you need to go home. You need to, we got to close all the windows um, and we can only leave one open. And, and this is like Serafina and Zephania, I guess, doing different statements. So it's kind of, I think in the book, it was just Serafina the whole time. Um, Mm. But uh, I'm glad that they included Zephania in here too. Um, so yeah, first we got to close all the windows, guys. Um, I was like, okay, well, all right, well, no, we. It's like, okay, well, that's fine. We'll we'll just like, you know, choose one world. I'll stay in your world, and you stay in my world. And Will's like, wait, no, we can't, we can't do that either. 
And then it's like, well, I have the knife. And then it's like, no, once, but this is what happens every time you use it. And it's like, well, shh. I'll, I'll say it. Well, shh. this sucks. We, um, we love each other. We just found each other. We discovered our love for each other. And now we can not be together at all. Yeah. So heartbreaking. Very heartbreaking. Uh, it's, I, I guess the whole, the whole bit with Serafina pledging to be her sister, uh, to Mary Malone, to be Lyra's sister. I don't know how much that comes to play in future stories or or what have you, or if it's even part of the original story. I can't remember. So I can't comment too much on that. But uh, it makes me feel like that if Serafina can kind of be there for Lyra, um, although... Then the very ending shot, we see her before the bench stuff. We see her walk. We see in her walking alone. So I guess Seraphina's already left her to do something else. So what kind of a pledge is it to be a sister forever uh, to somebody who's lost somebody? That's the only problem that I have with Seraphina. It's like in, in within a space of thirty seconds, it feels like that she's said one thing and then done the other. She is the queen of her clan. She might have, you know, she's been off in other worlds. Got some pressing matters, yeah. Yeah, she might need to go check on her uh, Lake Inara people and see, you know, see if everything's okay up there. Um, and, you know, I think, was, oh, it was the angels that were closing the windows. Never mind. Yeah. Um, yeah, so. Look. That's the other thing that I don't understand about the window closing. Okay, so Zephania says we got to do this. But isn't the one thing we saw this abyss actually bring sergey just drop sergey sergey was flying over it and then all of a sudden wham it's falling into it so isn't the abyss kind of the big dust how are they going to close that window i think the angels can and do i don't know how but again like and they can't they can't close any windows until will breaks the knife anyway so i guess once the knife is broken they're able to seal that somehow with their angel powers yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So, yeah, it seems, uh, yeah. It seems to me that's the biggest window that Metatron made. That right, but how closed. would they close it without like falling into the themselves? That I don't know. If if angels and dust, or if angels and demons are made of the same like dust, and the demons can get sucked down, what's to stop the angels? Maybe it has something to do with with um maybe the clouded mountain like falling maybe that had something to do with maybe Closing it's it. danger i don't yeah again they didn't really explain a lot i just know it's not a thing after they can fix it yeah something they're able to fix and the only window they leave open is the it's one the land one of the dead. dead yeah okay <sighs> so do we want to do we want to just go ahead and just throw this on the wheel real quick and spin it? Uh, yeah. the, the whole ending bench sequence. Yep. Um, I can't imagine being that young, experiencing that the those those love feelings for the first time, and then having to separate. You know, it's that's different than like a heartbreak um it's like it's it's not the same as getting your heart broken like it's not like oh we fell in love and then one broke up with the other and now you have like one devastated person in love and like a young relationship it's not that at all it's like oh you guys found each other 
and you love each other with your whole hearts and you cannot see each other ever again. It is very much like that episode of Doctor Who with the like uh, with David Tennant and Billy Piper as Rose and like their goodbye when they have to separate and go mm-hmm. into different universes and it's just oh it's crushing um it's so hard I I just I just feel for them so badly um and oh my god lyra's speech about when they die they're gonna how they're gonna wait for each other and every one of my atoms is gonna oh that whole part with the atoms i was just like jesus christ these kids feel this love so hard oh man it's heartbreaking so heartbreaking yeah we should talk about that for just a second too because that that whole bit about them pledging to basically live their lives uh, it's kind of broken up in between the bench stuff and and that scene but uh basically live their lives to not compare anybody that they happen to to like or whatever but to always always be for each other they're at the bench and then once they get to the land of the dead they'll tell their stories and they'll come out and they will search drift searching for each other until they're so wrapped up so tight that you know every sunbeam that is taken from one one of them it's all it's taking both of them that the two of them will make something together uh all of that was really beautiful a lot of that speech was from the book itself right a lot of that was actually in the text so uh it was very good of them to include that for certain the thing that got me more than i guess any other moment was will actually breaking the knife which seems weird that you know with all of the emotional the kissing through the window all the sad goodbyes all those horrible speeches and everything but just those little flashbacks of prior seasons you know he's remembering what he knows about her her in that hat that mm-hmm. was uh or at the movie theater eating popcorn yeah. uh, all of those things it just that broke my heart uh you know and then the knife shattering and he's just staring at it for a second and then the score moment that really broke my heart was lyra walking through the um jordan college slash oxford of her world and that theme that had always been her adventure theme being played so slowly and so sadly and the way that it ends actually with a a a major chord Mm -hmm. it's never ended with a major chord before and it kind of went into this whole major coda thing that they went into then but uh it just felt so uh draining emotionally yeah and not in a bad way just just i just felt exhausted uh by it so that that really got me it was well really well done uh if their intention was to take your heart out slam it on the desk and then drag it through the dirt they managed to do that for me so uh the whole bench stuff uh them reaching out over the years and you see the changes of clothes and and them uh aging slightly by a couple years i guess is what it looks like they, i don't guess they could go too far with that without making it weird um but 
Uh, it it all really worked for me. Uh, any other thoughts about Will and Lyra and any of this stuff? Yeah, it, it worked really well for me too. It's just, man, these poor kids, they've been through so much. And even after all that they lost and them, and you know, Lyra initially being in denial of what they were going to have to give up, the fact that they still, you know, were like, oh no, we're leaving. We got to leave this window open. You know, like just that they just still chose to act unselfishly um despite everything they had been through and i think if i was will or lyra i would be like no i need a win now i'm not doing this like i've done all of this other stuff for everybody else like i would i would want to keep this for me the fact that they're able to just like no we we have to do the right thing that they they even though they're young they're so mature and and wise enough to make the right decisions despite how much it breaks them it's 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 really beautiful and um wow yeah they i feel like they've experienced more in their young life than most people who live you know 60 70 years you know can experience live their whole lives without experiencing as much as they do it is yeah it's and just that uh, I think the moment that also really gets me is I was gonna be mad if he didn't do it but like he's through the window and then when he comes back through one more time to kiss her that moment did that moment got me a pretty good and I was yeah Yeah. it was a good moment I I won't doubt it Uh, so I'm just a little weird in the way that things hit me sometimes just like my reaction for hitting this the wheel for when Holly says spin uh sometimes my emotions (laughs) hit me two minutes later uh, after I there's, realize there's way too much to process there's so many like huge big worldly things philosophical things to debate and then there's just the small like just love just let I me mean, not love is not small but like you know just like this just uh, so many big ideas to like less I don't know there's so many things to consider and it's it's a lot it's overwhelming these especially with these last two episodes which I don't know if it's just because these are the last two episodes, but I, I think this, I think I really, I think season three is my favorite season now. And I think these last two episodes are my favorite. Um, but I would include the beginning montage of Mary and the Malefa within like my favorite part of the, of like those episodes. Like that's my highlights for sure. <sighs> it landed on the only topic left, the coda. Hmm. which uh i don't know is this is this bad wolf's way of saying well we don't need will anymore so let's tell you about his whole life but then let's remind you that philip pullman has a uh, book of dust series and we would like to do another series on this how about it hbo how about it bbc uh Let's so, let's just ask the BBC. I'm really scared to ask HBO of anything right now. Yeah, HBO. I feel like if we're if we don't act right, they might take his dark materials off HBO Max, and then I don't know how we'll watch it. I'll just go be hiding with Westworld somewhere. Yeah, you, you gotta you gotta understand that Chip and Joanna Gaines are coming. Chip and Joanna Gaines are coming, uh, because it's that's the discovery way. Yeah, that's what I think too. And if you're just listening to this on an audio podcast, we give everything about that a big thumbs down. 
So All at right. any rate, HBO's quality programming. So question is Will going to become a surgeon because he was so good at using the knife? Is that what <laughs> makes him a good surgeon? It could. It could. He's got that. He knows how to get that focus in. He gets in the zone to cut windows. Now he gets in the zone to cut out organs or whatever. He could be really good at uh, nerve stuff, I would imagine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, because good. he's uh, he's got such precision mm -hmm. uh, and ability with a knife. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Got to be it. That's got to be it. And uh, I guess we already mentioned uh, there is another book series, which uh, Holly is well caught up on. I might read now um, that this is over. I, I actually I started it and I actually went through the the stuff in La Belle Sauvage and uh, was spoiled about other stuff in uh, the other the other book. But uh, by me, probably sorry. What's that? Was it by me? I'm sorry. No, no, it wasn't by you. It's just the internet. It's just, oh. just happens, you know, so it doesn't really matter too much. Uh, but uh, would you uh, watch a, a new BBC production of the rest of the story? Do you want to see the rest of the story play out? Or is this the perfect way to just let it all go? It's kind of hard to answer that because the, this next trilogy isn't complete yet. We are, we are down a book. So um, I, I thought I'd read somewhere where we might get it. We're, we're in January, 2023 now. I, I, I thought I read somewhere or heard recently. It might be out in the fall or maybe next fall. Um, but they, they definitely left the door open, especially with the, I mean, like they they made it very clear and with that coda that uh, there there is more story to tell. There's more adventure, and we'll see uh, whether I want to see it now. Like I don't know. Again, I I I kind of want to get to the end of the 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 second book in this trilogy is uh, is actually what takes place after the events of his dark materials, and um, that book had some weird moments in it that um, I. I I, I did not love and I I'm not ready to see on screen but um but a lot of the stuff they've done with pan and pans like holding Lyra accountable is definitely important um to the to that series so yeah. the door is open and if anything they 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 opened it more than they could have just by some of these changes with pan um they made it pretty obvious that that's that's what they're gearing for or they it's definitely open to one now if they want to do it they they've laid the groundwork and if they don't then they don't yeah uh philip pullman did tweet that he's getting very close um so that's probably one of the sources that you got in terms of him being uh releasing the the i guess the final book of that trilogy Yes. Whether whether he would start another one or not, I don't know. They just did in the coded. They said a, they said another adventure. They didn't say other adventurers, right? So another advent, yeah. But so I I think I might have said adventures because there are these little novellas um, that I think one or two take like place after these event, like after the events of. His dark materials yeah. um and it's like while lyra is in school so um like i i think i think there's at least two that i'm aware of I, I it's been a while since i've read them too um i don't think those would make the best 
television, television stories, but yeah. it, it is material they have to go on there. So we'll see. Um, we'll see. Right. What oh. is more interesting is that the first book in the in the next trilogy, uh, the first book takes place when Lyra is a baby. So right. um, um, and they telegraph that a little bit with the in the very first episode of his Dark Materials with this great flood and Lyra being brought to the school like that is like the events of the book or everything that leads up to that moment. So um, it would be a but that also introduces some characters who uh other characters that come up in the second book are related to so it would be weird to jump straight into this like the the material that takes place after his dark materials without touching on the first book in the trilogy so it's kind of it's some weird interesting time jumps um but it's it's i think it's really great i love la belle sauvage um the secret commonwealth is interesting i i I don't i actually don't really know what i think about that book it's i've read it a couple of times now and it's it's a lot different than what i thought it would be um i think i know what it's trying to say and i and i think i like it but i also am unsure until i see and read more yeah how it plays off yep yeah all right anything else on any of this I I'm just overall really happy with that they were able to complete this adaptation and it it felt right for me. Um I don't think that's the case with some people but I I loved it. It hit it hit all the spots for me that it was it needed to hit and it, I cried. Um I was emotional a mess um and uh, therefore it it was effective. Great job. Great job everybody involved in making this series. Please. So I did polls based on last week's. You'll notice that we didn't do any what's worse questions this week. That's because I'm not going to put out a poll for you guys to answer that we can't report on because I love reporting when I'm winning. I even love reporting when I'm losing. Uh, so that in this case, none of these polls were losers or winners. I just posed the question. I did pose one poll which I found very odd because Elon Musk's wonderful Twitter company uh, decided to mark this as sensitive comment or sensitive content. Uh, so you had to express uh, that you were willing to look at this poll before you could vote on it, which I, I don't understand this. Holly, let me ask you, is this sensitive comment or content? Uh, and let's see. How many times did Lauren Balfe's music for Series 3 make you either cry or fist pump? That seemed like a sensitive content poll. I feel you? like I feel like for some reason the only word in here that might be maybe sensitive is fist. If taken out of a different taken in a different context. Or or maybe Lauren Balfe's score is just so triggering. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> maybe that's why they marked it as sensitive content. Anyway, I didn't understand it, but we did get twelve hundred votes on the 100 twitter if you know what i mean uh and that means that almost like eight out of 12 of you said that you fist pumped or cried more than 10 times uh to lauren balf's score uh so uh and that was over the course of the the whole series series three so uh i i had uh, probably 25 yeah, to be tracks, perfectly that, this poll tracks for me too these results yep. yeah yeah yeah, so 66.6% of you. Uh, I asked two what's worse questions. 
in our last podcast episodes five and six, which we couldn't argue, but uh, I just put them out there for you. What's worse, having to forgive your demons for forgiveness or having to ask your demons for forgiveness or having to choose a good name for a harpy? Uh, asking for forgiveness, uh, 72.7% out of 2,200 votes on the 100 Twitter poll. And that's almost like 15 out of 22 of you, if you know what I mean, uh, voted for asking for forgiveness. Finally, uh, this poll, let's see, for season three, episode five, No Way Out, what's worse, being trapped in an everlasting prison or having to share true stories about yourself to complete strangers. And uh, Trapped won 2,800 votes on the 100 Twitter. Uh, so it's almost like 18 out of 28 of you voted for being trapped, 64.3%. We got this from at birdnut95 uh, as a general feedback response. Cassidy says, this was my favorite episode of the entire show and also one that was hardest to watch because I was crying the heart the whole time. Daphne and Amir had pitch perfect performances. Lauren brought out all the stops with the score and the window closed on one of my favorite shows ever with a crying emoji. Also, thanks for your wonderful insights, Matt. Hearing you talk about the music of his dark materials makes me want to learn more about music theory. Also, I'm really hoping Lorne eventually releases his music for season three as one big album, maybe even in CD form as well. So I want to comment on just a little bit. I already tweeted back to Cassidy about this, but uh, for you listeners, actually, you're getting more bang for your buck when they do. And it's great. Disney started doing this first, I believe, where they would release uh a mini album for each episode yeah. and you get more bang for your buck that way simply because uh you're getting specific moments for those and you're getting uh, a certain number of uh, cuts for each episode and when you add all of that up you're actually getting more music than if they just have to pick and choose and put it all together in one album oh. uh, because typically you only get 30 to 35 cuts on a single album and here you get well over 60. So uh, that's one of the reasons why I'm actually in favor. Plus it gives uh, consumers more choices with which to buy MP3s, which ultimately makes artists and, and well, even distributors, which I don't care so much for, but it makes the artists more money that way too. So that's why I'm kind of pro the, uh, even though they coupled two episodes together, uh, this time around, you still got nearly twice as much music as you would have gotten with a single album. Moving on to these comments from Candid59, who, again, we couldn't include in our contest uh, because she had uh, tweeted these in too late, uh, but said, uh, cannot wait to listen to At Dust Podcast Analysis on the why Lyra Will Love theme makes me want to simultaneously soar in triumph and weep big fat fat bitter tears uh yes that's uh the trick of using major and minor chords uh and i tried to explain that as as bet best and then uh candid evidently listened to me and quoted me 
uh, and chided me for saying this. <laughs> Note that the last chord, blah, 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 is not the root. It's not the home key. That's because this is an incomplete love. It can never be finished until they come back from the land of the dead and become every single atom with each other. And then he said, now, Matt, why would you say that? And my response was to make you cry, to make you cry just as hard as I cried when I realized this uh, as to why that music is that way. So uh, thank you very much, Candid59, for your thoughts there. Also, a shout out to Priscilla TV, uh, who gave us holiday wishes on our videos at Double P Media YouTube uh, and told me that he'd seen Witcher's Blood Origins and thinks that uh, Meldoff uh, might be their favorite character. Uh, so awesome. Thank you. I loved uh, Blood Origins. Have you seen it yet, Holly? No, I didn't watch The Witcher either, though. Oh, okay. Well, uh, it's not for everybody. And it yeah. borders a little bit on that supernatural kind of cheesy sometimes. But uh, I, I like, I, I actually like it. Uh, and also, Priscilla wanted to add that uh, the word manalysis does not exist. You tell that to catfish, ma'am. I, that's, mm -mm, that, it does. Matt's yeah. musical manalysis. That's, that's real. Musical that's manalysis. real. That's a real phrase. Yeah, real that's that's me mansplaining music. Look it up. That's exactly what that is. Me mansplaining music. Uh, that that's the way catfish intends it anyway. I think. Uh, but if you ask catfish, that's a, that's a word. Uh, so uh, it's in catfish's dictionary, and then therefore it should be in everybody's dictionary. Folks, we have reached the end of this podcast, which means that we have reached the end of this podcast we are not going to be back anymore uh to be covering this I, I i don't even know if we would be back if uh bbc picks up a, a, a book of dust series or not because uh i'm getting old i mean i could be dead by then you know so it, it well i guess any of us could be dead at any moment but i i definitely have a better chance of being dead uh, by the time this gets off the ground, then if not, and plus my life has gotten more and more complicated. I'll be podcasting less and less. I've made a new year's resolution for 2023 to do fewer and fewer podcasts until there are no more to do. Um, <laughs> so that's going to be me. Uh, but I do want to extend a huge thanks to you, Holly, for putting up with my silliness, for, uh, making sure that, uh, I'm not too offensive to different groups of people uh, intentionally or unintentionally for making sure that uh, you keep me in line with what I know and what I don't know, uh, especially about CGI graphics and direwolves. <laughs> and I want to make sure that you understand how much I loved doing these podcasts with you. Thank you for getting me into this story. I would have never done it if it hadn't yeah. been for you. So uh, I really appreciate it. It has been a wonderful journey. Uh, it paid off for me really well in the end. And I want to thank all the listeners for uh, tolerating some of my ramblings, some of my silly ideas, and also for continuing to listen. That's what I have to say. Holly, do you have any goodbyes to say to our audience? Yeah, well, I would like to thank you, Matt, for coming on this journey with me. It was when we were re recording, we were finishing up our Game of Thrones recording, and this was coming out i said come on let's let's you gotta watch this this is gonna be great like let's do this and then here we are um 
so yeah, I know Matt says he's going to be giving up podcasting, but I'm hoping he will allow, he will come back and um, we'll, we'll continue to podcast about house of the dragon together when that makes a return, hopefully. Um, but otherwise, yeah, it's been really fun to see one of my ba- favorite book series ever become um, adapted to TV and seen all the way through I don't think it got its fair shake and like fair amount of marketing attention that maybe it deserves, but um, I'm really glad for the fans of the books who were able to come on this journey and any new fans um, who, you know, started this journey with us or without us after us. I'm just glad everybody has had a chance to experience the story. Um, Now it's um, one of my favorites and I had a really good time. Uh, talking about it and it was really fun to watch and um yeah i thanks everybody for listening and to me ramble and uh thank matt for being a wonderful podcast host and editor so he can get all of my nonsense edited out of the podcast for better listening for you guys not this time baby resolution less podcasting means less editing you're done Folks, thanks for listening. We really appreciate you. Thank you so much. Stay in touch with us. Um, we would really appreciate that as well. She is at Hunt Pants on Twitter while it still exists. I, are you on Hive as well that way? Uh, yeah, I'm not. I, I like signed up for it because I, I had a moment where I thought Twitter was like going down fast, fast. So I just like found something. So um, I haven't actually logged back in. All right. And uh, you can find me also at Musical Concepts. Take care, everyone. Thanks again for being with us. Bye-bye.